Welcome to the Walder Sportscast with your host, Chris Walder. Welcome everyone to episode 41, the Lorenzo Brown of the Walder Sportscast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Walder, and you can hit me up on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. And if you'd like to support me and the show, of course, go ahead and leave a rating and review when you're done here so more people can find the podcast. So in some exciting personal news, my brother and his fiance just had a baby girl, so I am officially Uncle Chris Walder. By blood, anyway. I consider my fiance's niece and nephews my own as well. But yes, little Dana Walder was born on May 12th. I couldn't be happier. She couldn't be cuter. And if you're listening, John, if you need someone to look after your PlayStation 5 while you raise your baby, I am willing to step in, lend a hand, and make that sacrifice. On to today's show, though, I'll be joined by the lovely Wendy Sparks, host of the Courtside Moms podcast and the mother to the man who made Raptors fans appreciate what it means to have a playable center in Ken Birch. Wendy recently gave me a follow on Twitter. I reached out because I absolutely love the concept of her podcast, and I am happy to have her on today. But it's cheap plug time, of course, because when you're done here, I must encourage you to check out my last show with William Liu, the lead Toronto Raptors reporter for Yahoo Sports Canada and the co-host of many, many shows and podcasts. We talked plenty of depressing Raptors basketball considering how emotionally draining the season has been. Thankfully, it's over. We even discussed Pokemon, of all things, and he made the ever-difficult decision of choosing between Oasis and Coldplay, at least difficult for him, so go give that episode a listen when you can. With all of that being said, though, Wendy Sparks will be with me after this short break, so keep it locked. the host of the popular Courtside Moms podcast and the mother of Toronto Raptors center, Kem Birch. Wendy, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you, Chris, and thank you for thinking of me and asking me to come on your show. The pleasure is all mine. I mean, let me just say off the top here that I always enjoy talking with fellow podcasters because they understand the pressure and anxiety that comes with hosting and coming up with topics of discussion. Because when you and I first got into contact, I told you that I needed a little bit of time before we chat because I'm such a research-oriented guy when it comes to my shows. And you were more than accommodating because you you said you're exactly the same way. So I'm curious what, what your process consists of when researching your guests because you've done so many episodes with so many moms with many different stories and backgrounds. So, oh, I love this question. You know, doing research is vital to an interview, especially when you're interviewing people with the same subject, because now I have to figure out how to pull information and sometimes different information, because at the end of the day, we understand where it starts and where it ends, right? right. So now I have to think, well, what questions do I have to, to, to think of or come up with that is different from the previous interview? So I research a lot. I go on 
any kind of platform you can imagine, whether it be on YouTube, I Google the players. I even call sometimes their coaches um, from college or um, get in contact with, say, a team manager or a team rep. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. And sometimes I even um, speak to the mother prior to the interview and okay. just to get to know her and feel her out. And I want her to feel me out, too, because I don't know every mother. So I'll introduce myself and then tell them what the process is, make sure they're comfortable. So that come interview time, they're just ready to speak to me and we're just two moms. It's not so conservative. You know what I mean? Just keep it fun. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I want everybody to be comfortable. And, and at the end of the day, it's just really finding out the story of how they got their sons or daughters to where they are. Were you always fully on board with getting courtside moms off the ground? Because I remember reading that you had discussions with Kurt Benson, the CEO of Title League, who essentially encouraged you to move forward with your idea. What was the genesis behind turning this concept into an actual podcast and perhaps any hesitancy you may have had towards doing it? I wouldn't say hesitancy. However, how it all happened was I came to um, Nova Scotia with Kim because we were doing a, um, a basketball camp. And I've already had this podcast idea in my brain. I've already introduced it to some mothers um, when I was in New York City prior to um, meeting Kurt. And I just didn't know how to how to go about it. So after our camp one day, he said, hey, let's do lunch. And I said, okay. And we were just talking and I just blurted it out. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what made me say this to Kurt. And I did. And I said, you know what? I would just like to do a podcast one day because, you know, these stories need to be heard. And he was very quiet at first. And then he said, you're sitting on a gold mine here. He's like, hold on a second. He says, I want to be a part of this. Let me help you. And for me, it was like angels singing. And <laughs> because... <laughs> Because every time I would say that to people, they're like, oh, and it ended there. I didn't know how to go about with, um, I didn't really didn't understand a podcast when what it was. I just heard that was the end thing and it was cool and I should do one, period. Right. But I didn't understand really like how does it work and how do you produce it? No idea. So when he said, I can help you with this, I was like, okay, hold on a second. How do we do this? And right away, we gelled even more than we did during the weekend at my camp. So I was very fortunate and blessed that he was able to help me make this dream a reality take it out of my brain and actually put it somewhere and this is where we are today so i'm fully blessed and now kurt and i are business partners and you know i couldn't have asked for a better person to help me get this started there's kind of a, a subtle irony in being a courtside mom as well since i remember you saying that kem didn't actually like basketball when he was very young, so this path necessarily wasn't necessarily always laid out this way for him. Do you remember a specific moment or period for Ken when he was younger that his passion for basketball truly blossomed, or was it slowly but surely for him? Was it something that maybe you pushed him towards? Um, what happened was when he was about six or seven, I made him, uh, well, I shouldn't say made him, I thought it was a good idea to put him in basketball because he was like towering over everybody. And I guess in my mind, <laughs> that was the go-to sport, right? Right. So, I mean, <laughs> I wasn't thinking curling. So, <laughs> so I put him um, in the, in the Y and they had a team and then it was cute. But the thing is the coaches kept saying, pass the ball to camp. And Kem is a very team-oriented type of person, and he didn't like it. And he kept saying, it's not fair, Mom. The other kids don't get to play. I don't want to do this anymore. And it Aww. ended there. Yeah, he was like, no, nah, it's not fair. And I said, okay. So then later we put him in football. 
and he was an amazing football player. And I, and this point now he was in Ottawa and he had a, a championship game and I'll never forget this. It was raining, thunder, lightning on the field, let me tell you. And everybody had to run off the field. And the coaches were just talking to the players and they just started blasting the players. I don't know why, because they were doing great. They were winning. And Ken was like, I don't like this anymore. And he's like, I quit. And I was like, you can't quit <laughs> in the middle of a game. <laughs> he's like, I'm done. And I was like, oh, okay. And that was it. And then one day he said, I just want to play basketball. But it was weird because I had a meeting and I was at a gym in Montreal and Ken was with me because we went everywhere together. Right. And he was just fooling around, throwing the ball because a basketball happened to be there. And someone came up to him and asked him, do you want to, do you play basketball? And he's like, no. And he says, well, you have beautiful hand coordination. And that's pretty much how it started. Next thing you know, Kem was um, in San Diego, the Adidas Phenom, and he was um, in Massachusetts at different camps and tournaments, and that's how it really blossomed for him. Now, he really didn't want to go at some times because he was nervous, so that's where my little push came in, but it was, Kem, you have this talent, let's just see where it goes. And he said to me, well, the minute it goes bad, I'm going to be very mad at you. I said, okay. And okay. years later, he said to me, hey, I was never mad at you. And I was like, well, I guess you never played bad. <laughs> and we laughed at it. And now it's a joke with he and I. So so sometimes a little nudge is good. <laughs> it seems like the most random of circumstances. It's like someone, the right person saw him at the right time holding a basketball and it just kind of blossomed from there. Yeah, just fooling around in the gym. That's how his basketball career, you could say, started. He wasn't even on a team. <laughs> I think like the admirable part of Kem's basketball journey as well is that it wasn't a straightforward one. I mean, he played right. college basketball at Pittsburgh and then transferred to UNLV. He was in the G League, went overseas to compete in Turkey and Greece. So it, it took Kem a few years before he eventually made his way to the NBA with the Orlando Magic. So throughout those years, Kem obviously still being a young man at the time and you wanting him to succeed and be happy... What was that whole stretch like for you being away from him, even when he's in different countries, still rooting him on, of course, but not being able to see him? It was very tough because as a mother, you want to be there for your children all the time. It was it was really hard for me to wake up in the morning and he's not in the room. Right. You know what I mean? I would go to his brother's room and, okay, let's go to school. And then Cam's room was empty. You know what I mean? So I would call him, but it's not the same. Are you ready for school? Did you get, do you have your uniform? Do you have, you know what I mean? But I understood that this uh, this child of mine has this talent and we have to see where it can go. So as a mother, I had to make that sacrifice and say, okay, let me allow him to go wherever he needs to. And um, But he understood that I was always there. I'm always a car ride or a plane ride away. So if he needed something, I'm always there. Um, but it was scary for me because at the end of the day, he was still alone. I mean, yes, you have the coaches and you have the staff and you have the, the people that are taking care of your kids, but still not mom or dad, right? right. So when he left um, to go to the US, he went to Winchenden Prep and that was different for him. And then moving forward, he went to Notre Dame and then of course, like I said, Pitt and everywhere else. But the initial was really hard for him because now he has somebody else telling him, clean up your room and make sure you make your bed or make sure you eat your lunch and do your homework. And that's different when it's coming from somewhere else and not your parents, right? Was FaceTime even a thing during those no. days? Because you wouldn't have been <laughs> able to video chat with him. Nope. It was very expensive uh, 
<laughs> long distance phone calls at the beginning. And I remember having to save up for that because I was going to have to call Cam on Sunday or Tuesday. And, right. and that random call every now and then. Um, keep my cell phone open all day long now. Uh, answer those phone calls that come in from the school, um, random checks, but I had to, right? And it was no problem. It just, of course, as a parent, it weighs on you financially. Yes. Um, when FaceTime came along, um, I think by then he was, I think in the G League um, by then, where it became more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he went to Turkey, yeah, we FaceTime a couple of times, but it was still tough because he was in Turkey. You know what I mean? And I was like, you're yeah. so far away. It's <laughs> just not the same. I mean, this is a, this is a plane ride now if you need me. Um, if you need something from anybody in your family, right? But I mean, you had to do what you have to do, right? I, I We're strong believers and you can't live in fear. You just have to do everything necessary and live life. Well, I'm a believer that everything happens for a reason. And you can see mm-hmm. that in a guy like Fred Van Vliet, for example, whose mom you mm-hmm. also interviewed on your yes. podcast, someone who lives by the mantra, bet on yourself. You know, nothing was guaranteed work hard and good things will happen. And you can kind of see that in chem as well, being undrafted, grinding it out in the G League and overseas before cracking an NBA roster. Obviously, it would have been amazing had he been selected in 2014. But is his journey, his story, just a bit more sweeter knowing how much work he's put in and where he currently finds himself? Absolutely. Um, Cam had to work differently. Um, He had to work extra hard. I'm not saying that he worked harder than anybody else. I'm just saying that his journey, he actually had to work his journey because it wasn't as easy as a lot of players. Like you said, he went undrafted. Yes. And so there was no guarantees, there was no nothing. So we're sitting there thinking, okay, what is plan B? So where where do you see yourself now? What do you want to do? He understood that he didn't want the dream to be over. And he understood at that moment, now I have to play basketball elsewhere. Doesn't mean that I'm not gonna be in the NBA. I just have to find my way back to the NBA. So he sacrificed and did whatever he had to do to make sure that the NBA dream will come along sometime in his future. He all he did say many times that once he was in Europe, he just figured that he would never make it because he was very discouraged, right? Right. Um, It's a lot of mental stress for a player where they see one thing and then they're just slapped with something else. I mean, let's not forget, these are 17, 18 year old boys or 19, right? Right. Um, So they really haven't experienced a lot of of things in life. So it was hard to keep him strong, but in the end he understood, you know what, I'm gonna fight for what I believe in. Um, I believe that I have talent. Other people believe in me because if they didn't, I wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't be in Turkey or playing the G League or in Greece. I would just be probably back in Montreal playing at the local, probably probably playing back at that same Y I put him in. (laughs) So so he got it. Let me tell you, it came with a lot of of, uh, tears and a lot of questions why, but in the end it was, Either I stay low or I bring myself up and I just carry myself with pride and respect. And I understand that with I'm the only one that can get me here. And that's exactly what he did. And then after one year in Greece, the Orlando Magic came. And this is what year four now in the NBA for Kem. If the NBA journey didn't pan out as expected, would Kem have been content possibly 
playing overseas in Europe again? Did he enjoy his time there? He absolutely did. Um, he loved his time more so, I would believe, in Greece. I remember him saying to me, Greece is the most beautiful country that he's ever been to. Um, okay. And he was willing to stay there if he had to, right? There was no... At this point, don't forget, Cam had played all over the world. So for him, it was easier to say, hey, I'm willing now to stay in Europe um, and play in different countries here if need be. I mean, don't forget. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. He wanted to play in the NBA, but of course he was okay with had he been able to develop a career there and get paid for it. Um, you know what I mean? That That was his nine to five. He was fine with it. Whenever you attend his games or, or have attended his games in the past, are there ever those moments where you're sitting in the stands and you may be next to a disgruntled fan? And I, su I suppose this can kind of ring true for social media as well, where <laughs> someone may be bashing Kem or being overly negative about how he's playing or, or something that he's done. How difficult is it to remain calm during those moments and not respond? Okay, so if you know Wendy, Wendy's not the patient and calm person. <laughs> So, um, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of times where I'm biting my tongue until I taste blood. Um, but I just, I don't, in the end, I just laugh at it. I'm like, I don't care what this person thinks. We really don't. Because at the end of the day, you're sitting here in front of me and this person's on the court. So say what you will. I understand the pressures of players. And I understand also where fans coming from because they're just expecting the best. Period. End of story. No fan pays for a ticket for a player to play poorly in their opinion, right? So there was a couple of times where it wasn't really that bad. Like no one's ever blurted out, you suck or anything, because sure. yeah, that probably would have set me over the mommy edge. <laughs> but, there, <laughs> but there were times where people were sharing their disappointment um, mm -hmm. when he was, I think with the magic, um, more so. Um, never in college, never at UNLV, are you kidding? They were standing up and they had Canadian flags. <laughs> They were oh, throwing okay. them all over the place. Yeah, it was fun. But when he got to the NBA at the beginning, yeah, there was like, well, what is he doing? And we don't understand. And But that, that quickly changed to um, people showing praise. And they had no idea that I was there or his family members. They had no idea who we were. So it's not like they were saying it on purpose because they think, oh, crap, his mom's behind me. And I was, I mean, let me keep my mouth <laughs> quiet, right? Nope, they were just saying it because they actually started liking the way he played. People were saying things like, how come he's not on the court more often? Hey, give him a chance. And that made me proud. I was like, okay. So now they're recognizing his talent now because at the end of the day, that's what a player wants, right? They want their talent to be recognized and respected. to bring you a special report. Before we get back to my interview with Wendy Sparks, just a friendly reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, the absolute best when it comes to below-the-belt grooming for men. Go balls to the Walder with the Walder Sportscast and Manscaped. And if you haven't heard, my friends over at Manscaped have just released their fourth-generation trimmer in the Lawnmower 4.0, which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. 
And of course, I encourage you to pick up that Lawnmower 4.0 or any of Manscaped's amazing grooming products. So with this exclusive offer, you will receive 20% off your purchase with free worldwide shipping when you use the code WALDER, W-A-L-D as in dog, E-R, at manscaped.com. Proper grooming is key for all men out there, and let me tell you, this shaver is the cream of the crop. We've got that multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock. We've got that 4000K LED light for those precise shaves. We even have some wireless charging with electromagnetic induction, so the battery doesn't die out on you nearly as quickly. It even has multiple guard lengths with multiple sizes as well. If you're shaving your face and you're master of ceremonies, of course shout out Austin Powers, I love that line, with the same shaver, you're obviously doing it wrong, and that's kind of nasty, so eliminate the problem altogether with Manscaped and the Lawnmower 4.0. So get 20% off and free shipping, that's free shipping, with the code WALDER at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using code WALDER. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now, back to my conversation with Wendy Sparks. I remember interviewing Herbie Kuhn, the Toronto Raptors PA announcer, back in November of last year, and we talked about him serving as a chaplain for both the Toronto Raptors and the Toronto Argonauts. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but... I believe you serve as the chair of worship and music at the Union United Church in Montreal. Is that true? I do. I do my research. I, a simple I... Google search uh, <laughs> led me to that. But I, I was curious, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> what, re- what responsibilities do those roles have for you, Wendy? And I asked Herbie this as well. How does your faith help you navigate the world at large during this pandemic? You know, obviously, with the Black Lives Matter movement and even something like being away from Kem again for such a long period once again, because I remember hearing that you hadn't seen him since the first round series between Orlando mm-hmm. and Toronto in 2019. That's right. So for me, it's faith over everything. Number one, first and foremost in my life and prayer got me through a lot. I am a big advocate for prayer. So to answer your first question, my role with Uni United Church as worship and music chairperson is to provide the Sunday services. Okay. So when the church closed in Montreal in March of 2020, I kept saying people still need to feel God's presence. Um, how are we going to do this? So I created the Zoom platform. And to this day in Montreal, um, Uni United Church has the most congregants that attend church. And we do it every Sunday up until now. I have like, say, 125 uh, people logged on or yeah, 125 logs on, but you have like two or three people per home. Okay. Um, so we have like over 300 people and we praise and worship every Sunday and they look so forward to this. We had no idea how long this was going to last. Right. Um, right. But here we are a year and a couple of months later and we're still doing this. So you imagine people weren't being able to be in touch with God for an entire year. So that's what I do. And let me tell you, that just grew my faith more and more now, especially with looking at what's going on in this world and what's going on with, like you said, Black Lives Matter. Um, everything is coming more to light, that this is not new. None of this stuff is new. So for me, as a person of faith, it's just all about prayer. So every day I pray for everybody. I pray for certain things to end in this world. Of course, we pray for COVID to end. I pray for the players 
a lot because a lot of people don't understand the pressure that they have to go to playing in bubbles or you know getting tested every day or not right. being able to be with their family it's just a lot a lot of things um, that we have to think um, about and this role that i have has made me come more and more in tune with my faith and my spirituality and i share it as much as i can and especially with the mothers i notice that the mothers are prayers as well so mm -hmm. in some of my shows you hear them that's what they talk about um so we do talk a lot about what you're asking me we talk about black lives matters we talk about um initiatives that our sons or daughters do getting them spiritual connected as well because that's important in our opinion was your faith instilled in you in, at a young age, or was that something that you grew into over time as you got older? Um, it was instilled in me as a young child. But then when I became a teenager, in my mind, it was, oh, I don't have to go. Oh, right. okay. You know, and then I didn't go. So I started, because that was my mindset, right? Because now I'm with, I'm, I'm, I'm with my friends who didn't go to church or didn't do certain things. So then it became, well, I'll only go at Christmas and Easter and go with the big holidays. And then that's when I, as I got older, I realized, well, then that's just fake faith. It's either you believe or you don't. And then I started going back to church. Kem went to church. Um, my, it's funny, we actually found his Bible a couple of weeks ago. My parents found it, which was so cute. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and I sent Kim the picture of it. And he was so excited. He's like, oh my gosh, you found my Bible. Um, <laughs> my other son too, Dre, um, he went to church his entire life too. So they were brought up that way. And I was told him, when you become adults, now it's your choice. You do as you see fit as, as the men you are. If you want to continue, you continue. If you don't, you don't. But as a mother, it was important to me that my kids um, had that spiritual connection with God. When the magic waved cam back in April, it must have been a mixed bag because one, you never want to be released because you never know what the immediate future holds. But then again, it did sound like Cam was gung-ho on joining the Raptors, playing for Canada's team. When he first signed on that dotted line to join the franchise, what was that initial wave of emotion for, for him and your family? Because not only was he coming home in a way, even though it's in Tampa, it's not necessarily in Toronto at the moment, but... It looked and was later proven that he was going to be having a, a huge opportunity to play some significant minutes, something that he didn't necessarily have in Orlando. So Kem requested, um, he requested it um, first and foremost, and not for anything other than the fact that he wanted more minutes. He wanted to be able to play everything you're saying. And okay. what people need to understand is that this is the free agency period coming up for him. So mm -hmm. this is probably the most important one of his career. Um, um, Kem is 28 years old. He recognizes that, hold on a second, my role with the magic was my role with the magic. Now I need to find a role somewhere else that will help me develop a little bit differently, um, give me more minutes and give me an opportunity to do all the things that I know I can do. So what he's doing now with the Raptors or recently, he's not an overnight success. Like I have people asking me, oh, he's scoring. Oh, but he did learn this in the past couple of months. You right. know what I mean? It was, this wasn't something that happened in April. So for him, it is what he what he wanted and just for himself personally so that he can develop more and more and become the player that he knows that he can be. Now the whole bittersweet moment with the Raptors, that was everything for him because he always wanted to be a Raptor. 
I mean, I remember the Vince Carter and the Tracy McGrady days. I mean, it was like, oh my okay. goodness, this is what, you know what I mean? I remember watching and I remember people saying, Kim, he's, he's going to be just like Tracy McGrady. And I remember we used to laugh about that. I remember someone saying, we should call him Kim Smooth Burst, just like Tracy McGrady, because he plays smooth just like him. And, and for us, it was funny. And now he's a Raptor. So it's like, oh my God. So, <laughs> so we're big believers in speaking things into existence, right? And look at that. Something that we spoke about, I don't know, what, 10 years ago? Probably or even more now was his reality over the last month and a half. I don't want to be caught on tampering charges here, of course, but it looks like all signs are pointing towards Kem staying with the Raptors, you know, coming to terms on a, on a new deal. Is that a safe assumption at this point? Prayerfully, yes. So Chris, start praying like me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Kem has no, and he doesn't want to leave at all. He wanted to play with the Raptors, like I said, is, as, a, as a child, right? So now that he has his opportunity, why would he want to leave? So we're just hoping that this free agency period goes the way that he needs it to go. So we'll see in August, but his dream is not to, uh, not to go anywhere else, and it's to stay with the Raptors. Well, I wouldn't want you to speak on Kem's behalf too much, of course, but you are his mother, so you definitely have some authority in that regard. Do you believe this is the happiest Kem has been as a basketball player being a part of the Raptors? Absolutely. So to see Kem smile is, for me as his mother, is just, oh, my heart just warms up every time I see him smile, to see his personality, to see him change to see him just openly speaking. So in conversations that he and I have had in uh, the past month and a half, I've noticed such a big difference in his personality. He is so happy. He seems more at peace. He now is feeling such, uh, so grateful and so blessed that he is able now to really show people what he's capable of doing. He was known as that center that didn't score, that center that was a screener, the one right. who, did all those beautiful things without scoring, which he knows or knew that he can do more than that and can add more and contribute more to a team's win. And for him now, just having this this organization who is saying, hey, Cam, just do you. And now it's like, like I said before, such a blessing. So I, just to see him smile every day. And now that I'm actually in, now I'm here with him to see him smile. It's even better because I, before it was just through text or FaceTime. Now I'm actually in Orlando with him. So he and I talk and he's such a different person now that he's with the Raptors. So I'm so happy for him. Well, he must be happier to be around his mother again, of course. Of course. <laughs> That's a nice bonus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I remember too, you had Marie Holloway on your podcast yes. as well recently, the mother of Toronto Raptors all-star Kyle Lowry yes. for, for context out there. And one of the fun things stemming from Kem's arrival with the Raptors was this quick chemistry he's established with Kyle on the court. I think Kem recently said that Kyle is one of the best leaders he's ever mm -hmm. had. And Lowry even went out of his way to say in the past that he was actively seeking to get Kem Birch paid this summer, which is an awesome yes. thing to say about a teammate. Has Kem talked to you about the relationship he's building with Kyle Lowry? And, and if not, what have you kind of seen from afar watching those two play together? And because I think the chemistry is undeniable between those two. Absolutely. Um, I remember there was a game and Kem scored 14 points. And in one of the interviews, he said that was the easiest 14 points of my career. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> and he, for him, he contributed that to Kyle because he said, you know, this, this player is the player. He understands what's going on in the court. He has great vision and he understands like he puts the players where they should be so that they can so that they can get points and for Cam he has so much respect for Kyle because he says you know mom he is that person that can help anybody yes um he's so unselfish and for him it's a team win it's not a Kyle win um so he makes sure that he sets players up so Cam appreciates that because now he's like, it's not like every man for himself. We're a team and we're, we're a unit. And Kyle's leadership is something that he said he's never really experienced before on this level. So it's such a blessing. It really truly is. And I'm, I'm so happy that he's actually getting an opportunity to experience this right now. By the way, and this is incredibly random, but I'm not sure if you noticed today online, but... Twitter was, Raptors Twitter specifically, was debating the pronunciation of K-L-O-E, which is Kyle Lowry over everything. It's something that we constantly say during Raptors games. Some people <laughs> think it's pronounced K-Lo, and some think, it's, some think it's pronounced like the name Chloe. Where do you lean here? What, how would you pronounce it? K-L-O-E. Would you say K-Lo or Chloe? I thought it was K-Lo. Me too. I think a lot of people came out today and said it was Chloe. I was caught off guard. Huh, me this too. Is... I never heard that before. I don't think he'd want to be called Chloe. <laughs> I, I don't think so either. I think that would be a bad uh, a bad name for Kyle Lowry. But you know what? This is the kind of discussion we have now that the Raptors are unfortunately not in the playoffs this year. But, but Wendy, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Walder Sportscast. It's been an absolute blast. But before we sign off... I do have some fun questions to send you on your way. Okay, let's do this. So I'm a terrible cook. I can scramble an egg, I can boil water for mac and cheese, my skills end there. And I heard on your show that Kem's go-to meal is fried chicken and rice occasionally with peas. So, A, what's the key to any really good fried chicken? And B, are there any other foods Ken would consider essential for a perfect meal? Well, first of all, the the key is mom's love. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Well, well, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> number one, um, Cam actually he eats so healthy now. So fried chicken would be like a a no no during the season. Right. Probably a go to probably today. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps yeah yeah perhaps tonight he's like mom you want to just go get that fried chicken stuff uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so right now like i said kevin's healthier i'm trying to think like he's more like that that salad salmon type of dude okay he doesn't know that mom can can make a mean jerk salmon by the way which i want to make uh for him before i leave so that's going to be my new go-to the next time you ask. It's going to be his new go-to the next time you ask. Me. Very nice. That, that, that sounds delicious. But that's also a, a recurring question on your show as well. Like what go-to yeah. meals the moms put together for their sons. Is there a meal that sticks out for you as, as memorable that they've answered that you were perhaps surprised to hear? Well, I know one was mac and cheese, which I make a mean mac and cheese. So I thought that was very funny. Nice. But then she was like, well, I add shrimp to it and I add all kinds. I was like, oh, okay, hold on a second so it was like a competition right <laughs> we're like mom 
mom sending out like recipes out to each other. You send me this. Um, some surprise meals off the dome. I remember one mom saying um, grits, and I was like, I was like, ew. So <laughs> that was just my opinion, but that was her go-to. So that came as a surprise to me. Is this a bad question? I don't know what a grit is. Me neither. It's probably was ew. <laughs> It has a weird name. I mean, grit. I mean, it, it doesn't does. sound delicious, but I could be wrong. I might have a grit one day and be pleasantly surprised. I'm very, okay, so understand that I am a very simple eater. Okay. I am not that person that will go out and um, and experience new things. Cam and I went out to eat on Mother's Day, and he was trying to get me to eat um, octopus. Oh, <laughs> okay. And every, listen, it was gross for me and my mind. And he kept saying, you just think it's gross because it's octopus. And sure enough, I bit it and I was like, okay. <laughs> Have you had calamari in the past? It's it's similar. It's just yeah. fried squid or, or octopus or whatnot. Nope. Just because that's what it is. I'm very like, I don't know. I just, no. It's the context behind it. It's just, <laughs> it we is, know what it is. is. We're not putting it in our mouths. <laughs> that's exactly what, and that's what he kept saying to me. Just because it's octopus or squid, you won't eat it. And I'm like, that's exactly what I'm eating it. And it's enough of a raisin. <laughs> Yep, yep, I was good. Grits is like a, like a cornmeal. Um, okay. It's sort of like oatmeal, sort of. That's I guess that's how I would describe it. That's a good enough, yeah. That's a, either way, to me, it was gross. <laughs> well, my fiance would kill me if I didn't bring this up. Wendy, are you aware of Saint, and I'm probably butchering the name of this, Saint Viator Bagel in Montreal? <laughs> Saint Viator Bagel, yes, I am. So that is the go-to spot for bagels, OMG. I was about to say, does it live up to the hype? Because we were willing to make a trip out to Montreal simply for those bagels. So my brother and his wife came from Winnipeg um, and I'll never forget this. They, um, it was St. John Baptist weekend. <laughs> And they kept saying, we have to go to St. Viator Bagel. We have to get the bagels. I'm like, I don't know if they're open today. It's the holiday. And they made their way there to make sure they got those bagels to bring back to Winnipeg. So that maybe will be an indication that you and your fiance should make your way down there and get some too. Is there a specific <laughs> bagel that I need to get? Because I don't want to leave empty-handed and, and regret not getting a specific type of bagel that's like above and beyond everything else. Well, for me, I like sesame seeds. So, I mean, call me boring. I get the sesame seed bagels and uh, the raisin bagels but they have others, but those are like my go-tos. Well, I don't eat bagels anymore, but when I used to, those were the ones that just, just I don't know, changed my day. <laughs> it made me a less crankier person when I had those bagels. <laughs> well, I ask everyone this on the podcast because people have more free time these days to catch up on their favorite television shows. I was curious what the last great program is that you've watched or any other shows that you may currently be binge watching. Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> I just oh, watched okay. it this morning and <laughs> The Mass Singer. Oh, so wow, okay. The, and Ozark, but The Mass Singer, OMG. Uh, I don't know if you watch this show, but that is my like go-to. It's, um, I'm not sure if you know what it is. It's like a, it's like a talent show and people are dressed in full on costume. And you have no idea who right. these people are until, um, until they're unmasked and they can come on as anything. And there was a thingamajig uh, a couple of seasons ago, I think two seasons ago, and they were going on, oh, he's gonna be a basketball player because he's so tall, he's so this, he's so that. And this this person was singing, oh, beautiful. And here it was Victor Oladipo. Yes. So, yes, so for me, that's where I was like, huh, hold on a second. And I follow him ever since, just because. I was like, okay, like, what? hold on a second. Like, he has, he has talent. So, 
And they had other, wait, two others, I believe, or one other. Lonzo Ball, I believe it was. One of the Ball brothers. Don't 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 quote me. One of the Ball brothers. <laughs> he was on there too. And he was pretty good too. So it's it's nice to see these athletes um, uh, participating in these shows. So I was I was highly impressed. So that is one of my go-tos um, as well. Does Kem have a, a secret talent for singing? Are we going to be seeing him on The Masked Singer anytime soon? You will not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was worth a shot. <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> I somehow I doubt it. If he does it, yeah. It'll be just for fun, but I don't think he'd last more than two episodes. <laughs> But I'd root for him. I'd be that one vote. <laughs> well, there you go. He's, my, he's got one vote. Side. Not a yeah. clean I'm sure he'll get a couple. But yeah, no. <laughs> well, from no, Raptors Twitter anyway. It. Yeah, but. pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> So your son, Dre, a few months ago, started his own juicing business. And for anyone yeah. interested, you can check it out on Instagram at Cheers2JuiceMTL. And like a good brother, he has a juice named after chem called The Chemistry, which is pineapple, orange, beets, ginger, turmeric, and black pepper. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if there's a juice on the current menu which you would prefer, but if you had to build your perfect cold-pressed juice, you know, 100% organic, what ingredients would we find in it? Number one for me would be ginger. Like, I'm a ginger fanatic. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Mango would have to be in there. A little bit of kale has to be in there. And banana. And for me, I'd be the happiest mom. So, Dre, if you're listening, <laughs> you better have <laughs> a mom go-to juice. <laughs> It has to be named after you at this point. Yeah, yeah, he has to. So he's going to have to come up with some fantastic name, other, you know what I mean? Something that has like a Wendy in there or, yeah, Wendy, because if it is mom, then it could be anybody. So it has to be something like a spark something. Yeah, I'm going to have to call him after this. <laughs> well, so, so Mother's Day wasn't that long ago, and I noticed that you spent the day with Ken. You had a boat yes. ride and a mom and son dinner date. Where does yes. this year rank on the most memorable Mother's Days you've had, and what's one gift you've received in the past that perhaps sticks out? For me, the gift that sticks out for me is just being with my boys. Because Kem has been gone for a long time, right? Yes. And Kem's 28, and he's been gone since, what, 15? So there's been plenty of Mother's Days where I didn't see him. So any time where, I mean, it's great to get the flowers in the, um, delivered or to get the card, but there's nothing better for me than to have both of my kids with me on Mother's Day. So that is by far one of the best gifts that I've ever had. This time spending, um, doing the, the mom and son dinner date was fantastic. Oh my God, I had such a great time. And being on the boat was wonderful and scary as heck at the same time. Kem kept laughing at me because I kept asking the guy, I'm not understanding why we have to go this fast. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he kept saying, are you scared? I'm like, I'm holding on to the back of your neck. What are you thinking? But we, we had, a, yeah, it was funny. But yeah, we had a great, great time. So for me, that was a beautiful Mother's Day. I just wish that, um, that Dre was able to be with us. But yeah, by far, uh, last week and um, I think it was two years ago where the three of us were actually together. Those were like the best Mother's Day for me. That's such a sweet answer. I'm gonna call my mom right after this podcast. <laughs> no one loves you Please like your mom. Do. That's right. I mean, I just be in the room and we sit and we chit chat and we laugh. Even if we argue, who cares? We're together, that's it, that's all I want. <laughs> Wendy, have you forgiven the Raptors Twitter account for the tweet they made about Kem wearing a Montreal MLS jersey? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I was going to bring that up earlier. And when you said you were doing research, I said, I know Chris is going to ask me this. Absolutely. So 
I put, I put, wait. So understand, I was kidding. And I said after, maybe I should have thrown in a couple of emojis and stuff like that to tone down my, cause I was laughing. Honest to God, it was hilarious. So what happened was, I didn't even see it. A friend of mine from Montreal said, this is funny. So I look and I'm like, blah, it's hilarious. But then when I replied, I was like, oh my God. So he said to me, it's even funnier that you replied to the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't trying to sound so mean, but I was like, well, what's wrong with him repping Montreal? Like, what's the big difference? Why is it awkward? But I said, maybe I shouldn't use the word awkward because people thought I was attacking him or them. And I was not. So please understand. I thought it was funny. And guess what? Two days ago or two, three days ago, Kem gets mail. He's not here. He gets mail and we open it. Wasn't it another jersey from Montreal Club? Get out. <laughs> Really? Was, That's amazing. Isn't that funny? So I was right away, Kev, guess what came with the bill? And he started to laugh. And they're like, yeah, listen, if you're going to go out there, wear the latest one. Thank you. So, <laughs> and I was going to tweet after and say, okay, Toronto, we're going to have Kem wear the Montreal on the back and wear the, uh, it, maybe the Toronto on the front or like a reversible, irreversible shirt or something. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I got my behind kick on that one. People were like, no, no, no. It's okay. Like, people were apologizing. I'm like, it's okay. I'm just kidding. And then you have one guy, sheesh, lady, it's just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to reply to him and say, ha, thank you for calling me lady. <laughs> so, <laughs> Raptors Twitter whatever. goes to defense for its own account. Like, <laughs> we're like, we can't have. One of the moms going after our social media, but I thought that was so I funny. I know, I said, and I knew you were gonna ask. I was like, hold on, you're just gonna ask me about this. I go <laughs> deep, I deep dive into Twitter. That's a that's a chunk of my research you're, right there. You're the best, first of all, I do, I'm not, I don't tweet that often. Um, I have to learn how to, to be honest. Sometimes I would post things and then can't find it like two seconds later, or people will say to me, didn't you see this? No. Right. And it'll take me like an hour to find it. So I'm learning, okay, people. And yes, I promise I'll be nicer on my replies. It was just a simple question, but yeah, I'll never do that again. There you go. I am. I said to Kev, I'm that mom. Oh, no. Because <laughs> I always ask mothers in my show, if you notice, I always say to them, well, what do you think about the social media? What do you what do? You, do? Like, yes. you know what I mean? If you see things. And one of the moms said to me the other day, she says, I'm not on it. She says, because I had to keep myself out of trouble. She's not on anything, like nothing, zero. And I thought it was funny, and I'm like, come on, you gotta have one platform. She says, nope. She says, <laughs> because, she says, I would like just, I, I would kill people. So I said, okay, <laughs> never mind. But I was actually that mom. I always tell mothers, don't respond, just ignore it. And I couldn't help myself. Well, insert, I <laughs> open mouth, insert foot. So I'm apologizing to those who I guess I offended. It wasn't to offend you or the Raptors. I just thought it was funny as heck, but whatever. <laughs> So I checked out this interview you did with Uproxx's Katie Heindel this month. And for anyone who hasn't read it, yeah. I encourage you to go read it. But it was in there where I found what was seemingly a throwaway line that you have some experience playing basketball yourself and that you were a former point guard in your own right. So I'm curious to hear more about how you were as a player and perhaps if you see any similarities in how you played and how Kem plays, you know, like mother like son, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Everything he's learned is from me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so. well, there you go. You were the ultimate coach. Yeah, yeah. And his um, his stepmother, Julie, actually in Ottawa. She's actually a basketball coach. So 
we laugh all the time because we sit and watch the games together mm-hmm. and we call ourselves the, the cam couch coaches and during a game we just we just go at it I'm like oh my gosh and what's going on and we laugh and we're like we could never post any of this and <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we're like he's not doing what we taught him to do and <laughs> just we didn't teach him anything, but we just think it's funny. Um, I played basketball, um, I think up until I was like around 19. And the reason why I stopped is because of Cam. I had Cam when I was 19. Okay. Um, so at that point, I was like, nah, I'm good. Like I, I loved basketball. I was very good at basketball. I tried to return about six years ago. No, it wasn't six years ago. When Cam was, what am I saying? When Cam was in UNLV. So yeah, about seven years ago. And I ended up uh, on crutches going to Vegas. So um, <laughs> I was good back then. Uh, 2014, I wasn't so good. So, <laughs> um, but I love, love basketball. I really do. Um, when I think Cam and I play one on one just for fun, but this was years ago. But he did, at that point, I did see talent in him. Um, and I would tell him, why don't you shoot and hold your elbow with this and hold your arm. So I was very specific on what he needed to do then. I don't know if he carried it with him or if you even remember. I don't know how memorable that was um, <laughs> to him. <laughs> I doubt it. I'm going to go ask him after this, actually. But I, yeah, again, it was my first sport uh, growing up. That's all I wanted to do in my life. Um, so I guess when I saw that Kem had this talent and I was able to recognize it just in his footwork and just in his body work and the way he was able to handle a ball. That's where I was like, well, hold on a second. I know this is important just because of the experience I had growing up um, in high school and college and stuff. And I was able to at least give him some kind of skill to start with. And uh, there he is today. Well, I was about to say, if Nick Nurse is looking for an assistant, you know, come on the bench there. Maybe be around Kem even more, show him a few more of those ropes and skills. I think that might be a solid fit. Just putting it out there. Hey, hey listen, I'm putting it out there too, Nick. So, and <laughs> <laughs> listen, there are more women now that are basketball um, coaches or that are on basketball staffing, so. Just put it out there. And lastly, Wendy, I'm not sure how much into hockey you are, but there's a pretty big first round series kicking off this week between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. Now, you obviously have ties to both cities, of course, (laughs) and I don't want you to alienate one fan base here, but I have to know. Where do your loyalties lie, and how does this series play out? Okay, Maple Leafs, I'm sorry, but I'm a Habs girl. I have to be a Habs girl. Born and raised in Montreal, so I would have to favor the Habs, but love on the Maple Leafs. So, gotta stay political, right? So this is a <laughs> but, win-win for you. You can't lose. You know what? It's just like when I used to go watch um, uh, the Raptors and the Magic play. I mean... Ah, I'm Canadian, sweet. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would <laughs> clap on the I would clap down by my feet when the Raptors would score and jump and do cartwheels when the Magic scored. So it's the same with um <laughs> it's the same with the Maple Leaf and the Habs, right? I'm Canadian at all heart. So I mean those are the only two that I really support. I mean, we have other hockey teams in Canada, right? So, I mean we've Ottawa right. and Edmonton, and, but no, those are my honest honestly my two favorite teams and they always were since the nordiques folded god knows how many years ago the quebec nordiques right oh there's Um, a name yeah oh my god yes uh that was me growing up as a kid and because hockey was everything in montreal still is right and actually cam actually played hockey that's a whole oh wow okay yeah he he played hockey for like 10 minutes no he played like 10 minutes (laughs) minutes. (laughs) 
wasn't good at all. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't care. He was like skating the wrong direction and doing his own little thing. He was cute. But um, he could skate he was though, like, right? He was okay at skating. Oh yeah, he was like four, four, five. Oh well, yeah, he was. Okay. He was able to score. It was <laughs> cute. It was cute back then. Just the uniform and yeah. But anyway. <laughs> We need to see some photos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I have to go find those, right? Uh, Well, if we see them pop up on your uh, Twitter feed, Ken Birch is a young hockey player. We'll know it emanated (laughs) from the Walder Sportscast. But, Wendy, I I enjoyed this so much today. Thank you so much for doing this show. I greatly appreciate your time and you taking time out of your day to talk with me. I think Courtside Moms is a massive hit. The show is amazing, and I wish you nothing but the best. But before we sign off, though... Remind the listeners where they can find you on the web. So on IG, Courtside Moms, Facebook, same thing, Courtside Moms, and Twitter as well. Google us, you will find us. We are popping up everywhere now, and our new episodes drop every Wednesday. Such a fantastic platform. Please go and listen or go on YouTube, and you can visually see who these moms are. Um, and you can find our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast because now we're on almost every platform. Wendy, thank you so much. You're the best. All the best to you and Kim. Thank you so much, Chris. I'm really, really, really uh, blessed that you asked me to come on your show. Thank you. And that was my interview with Wendy Sparks. Go give her a follow on Twitter at Sparks, and obviously go support the Courtside Moms podcast as well at Courtside underscore Moms. Just an amazing woman. We even chatted for 20 or so minutes after recording. Seriously, fingers crossed Kem can stay with the Raptors for the foreseeable future. Raptors fans love having him on board. And an added bonus, of course, is Wendy still being a part of our community as well. Such a sweet person. And who doesn't love hearing from the moms, am I right? They always have such amazing stories to share. This has been episode 41 of the Walder Sportscast. Leave a rating and review if you enjoyed today's show, and go find all of our prior episodes on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Podbean, Amazon, or wherever it is that you download your shows. And be sure to use promo code WALDER over at manscaped.com to save 20% on your next purchase with free shipping as well. That's promo code WALDER at manscaped.com. For now, that's another one in the books. So as always, I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Walder Sportscast. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes and follow Chris on both Twitter and Instagram at Walder Sports. <laughs>